guys, it's Katie Bilotti, and I'm back with episode three of Thick and Thin, essentially the podcast where I talk about this, that, and the other, just the general musings of me, a millennial. I think I'm a millennial. I'm like, I'm on the like the barely Gen Z millennial little cusp there. Um, a girl living in New York City, you know, doing the thing. So yeah, and if you guys just noticed, I changed my intro song because for some reason I thought that I was like, you know, able to use the Beatles. I don't know why I thought that. I know copyright law. So anyway, I've decided to change up my intro just because, you know, I think it's probably better this way. So I hope you guys like what I ended up with. But, you know, regardless if you like it or not, it's going to stay. I think it's kind of like empowering and cool. So, yeah. So anyway, let's get into the podcast. You know, this, that, and the other, everything. Oh, darn it. I need to turn my sound on. Oh, mom, how dare you text me at this very moment? So I have one of those moments just now where like all of my technology failed me and like my phone, my computer, everything just died at once. You ever have that? It's like, okay, everything that I look to like support me in life just died like just failed me so I just plugged my computer in my phones everything's just plugged in I guess it's that time of day where everything is just like dead because it's like okay it's time for bed now Katie stop using your electronics for five seconds you know whatever so I just turned on my computer to I like just having it just in case I need to like refer to something or you know I don't really have like notes or anything but as I mentioned I do sometimes take down little notes in my note section on my phone you know just to jog my memory on things that happened during the week that I want to talk about but anyway so I just opened my computer and it brings me to Facebook because obviously I was like late night on Facebook at some point last night and the first thing I see is okay so my grandma my grandma is very, very active on social media, which is like, I feel like a lot of people can relate, like some relative. Like what is with that like one relative that decides to be extremely active on social media and like thinks it's okay to comment on your like friends, boyfriends, like cousins posts that you happen to maybe be tagged in or comment on, like whatever. My grandma is one of those and like my friends all know who she is just because of her constant, you know, posting on their stuff. Um, love you, Grandma, if you happen to be listening to this. Uh, see you at Thanksgiving. But anyway, so I open, open Facebook, and the latest thing I see is a post that she posted, and she goes, it's like a, a repost, like she shared a post, and it says, my mouth is not a bakery. I don't sugarcoat anything. If you ask for my opinion, I'm going to tell you the truth, not what you want to hear. <laughs> and the funniest part about that, so my Grandma, I come from like, So I'm, like, Italian, Irish, German, like, kind of the American melting pot sort of deal, but I'm mostly Italian. Like, my dad's side's practically 100% Italian, like, give or take, you know, some things here and there, but mostly Italian. My grandma is the definition of, like, an Italian grandma who, like, she's very loud, like, gestures with her hands a lot, you know, like, our, you know, family gatherings, like, get-togethers on that side of the family is always quite quite an ordeal because it's like everyone is trying to talk over each other it's like that sort of family so growing up it was like I was constantly competing to like be the loudest you know like I feel like you you so know those people in your life or maybe you are one of those people who like grew up in a family situation where like you it's very like Italian or very very loud and like yeah so that is like the definition of my grandma like the Italian grandma who like posts novels on Facebook about her like you know, her opinions or even just like a trip she went on. Like she, it's just great. I, I really wonder, you know, what, you know, social media and what technology will be like when I'm a grandma. Like, <laughs> will I be active on social media? Probably. Cause like, 
but I don't know. Is it going to be cool to like not be active? I don't know. You know, I, I'm kind of terrified at what the world is going to be like in like 60 years when I'm, will we even like die? Like, is that, I don't even want, sometimes it just like hurts my brain to think about that. Anyway, that was like a total tangent of me just like opening my laptop and coming to terms with the fact that my grandma posts a lot on social media. All right. So now that we are five minutes in, I feel like I should probably, or five minutes without the intro probably, but okay. I'm going to talk about what the theme of this episode sort of kind of is because I always kind of try to have a theme to the episode, but then obviously I stray away and there's tangents. But the big theme or the big thing I've been thinking about lately that I wanted to talk about today with you guys and kind of just, you know, obviously not get your feedback because I'm not like interviewing anyone, but like I'd like you guys to just, you know, think about this and hopefully if you're going through this at this exact moment in time, like this might help you a little bit or just know that like someone else out there, aka me, is thinking about this. And I guess, you know, just to put it, you know, in short terms, like it's the what was I thinking epidemic. And epidemic is a dramatic word, but like, okay, I I constantly throughout my life am living and then all of a sudden I saw this meme once or it was like a, a post and it was like, do you ever just like live your life and then think about that one horrifically embarrassing thing you did like three years ago or like 10 years ago and you're like oh my god and you get like like post-traumatic embarrassment like from that thing that happened forever ago and you're like darn it what was I thinking like why did I do that well okay I feel that in like small ways like I remember like a really stupid thing I said in class in like third grade okay maybe not third grade because I don't really really recall third grade very much besides the fact that like I I actually I really liked third grade I will say but Yeah, so mainly when this comes to mind, it's like I'm thinking about, you know, past people I was involved with romantically or past friendships I've had. And I was like, what was I thinking? It's when we look back on our lives, you know, the choices we've made, the people that we've dated, the outfits that we've worn, the, you know, the Crocs. Like, guys, when I was like thinking about this and kind of, you know, thinking about how I was going to like relate this to all elements of life, not just romantically, because I do want to make this podcast like very multifaceted. As I mentioned, I don't want it to be strictly like a dating podcast, whatever. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this and I was like going through like the decade, not decades, because obviously I've not been alive for that many decades, but like going through the like the eras of fashion. that I've gone through that I constantly look back and I'm just like what was I thinking aka the crocs phase when I had these teal crocs and you know the gibbets like I don't know if you guys are familiar with like croc terminology but I had these teal blue crocs that I somehow decided matched every outfit and like I'm pretty sure my mom threw them out because at some point they like just started to smell bad because I refused like it was so cool to wear them at one point I don't even remember what grade this was but like I would put the little gibbets like the little rhinestones and like little um different gibbets there was like a lacrosse stick gibbet that I would put in there because I was like you know lacrosse played lacrosse for a little bit I dabbled I was a, a lefty which was in my favor for the majority of my lacrosse career until everyone else learned how to play with their left hand and then I was you know instantly less cool but yeah so you know, this looking back on our lives, you know, could be relatively recent, like our hungover selves, you know, like I think about this all the time, like, <laughs> like, you know, I wake up after drinking and I'm like, why did I do that? Like, why am I an idiot? Why did I think that last shot was necessary? Uh, it wasn't, but I thought in the moment it was and I was like, okay, this is great. Let's do this. And then the next morning I'm like, 
what was I thinking? Yeah, take a shot every time I say what was I thinking in this podcast because that's that's going to be the buzz phrase for this episode. But yeah, so it could be relatively recent or it could be like 10 years ago on like, you know, the second Thursday of 20, 2001. <laughs> and I was like, darn. Okay, I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't even know. How, how old was I in 2001? I was like a fetus. Okay. Anyway, so I've gotten a lot of messages on social about breakups recently and that's kind of what spurred me to initially think about this and then I kind of made it relevant to my life as well because I haven't been broken up with or I haven't broken up with anyone in a recent in the recent future um, or in a while actually Um, so I try you know I'm trying to relate this to everyone so you know when you break up with someone or you're broken up with Or, you know, whether it be a romantic thing or a friend. Like, to be honest, I've had more friend breakups in the recent years than boyfriend breakups. Not to say that I've had a ton of people, like, friends that have broken up with me or, like, I've broken up with. But, you know, there's, there's times when, you know, chapters end in your life in ways that aren't romantic that hurt just as much as, like, a broken heart romantically. Does that make sense? So, like... You know, there's just times where you need to cut ties with people. And I've talked about this so much on social media and online. Just the fact that, like, when something no longer serves or suits you in life, it's time to cut the cord. You know, regardless of how it makes other people feel, you know, sometimes you need to be selfish. And if you just know a friendship or a relationship isn't right for you, there's no use in, you know, torturing yourself. And so, yeah, I full heartedly believe in that. But then, you know, there's that, you know, aftershock of being like either feeling really stupid because you're like, why did I waste all that time with that person, that toxic or just person that isn't right for me, whatever. So let's talk about the what was I thinking whole shebang. And I kind of want to talk about an article that kind of you know besides the fact that I was reading messages from you guys about breakups this also kind of reinforced it in my mind because I'm constantly reading my messages and getting ideas for podcast episodes or for videos or for blog posts and you know it kind of sticks there for a second and it's like okay on to the next topic that's also really cool and I'm like juggling all these topics I want to talk about which is a great feeling because it's like great it's you know the opposite of writer's block to be honest Um, but I was thinking about that and then it kind of like went in one ear out the other and I was like going on with my daily life and then I was going through my Tumblr messages, which I have a Tumblr that I check kind of frequently, I guess. I kind of just like mindlessly browse on Tumblr and I actually, I randomly was like looking the other day. I have like 40,000 followers on Tumblr and I didn't know that. Like it just was like a shock. I was like, wait, that many people care about like my depressing feed? Like my feed's pretty depressing. Um, anyway. So someone DM'd me this article and it was about, initially it was about um, the Ben Franklin effect, um, I believe. I think that's what it was about. But I kind of like, you know, when you click on something and then it takes you somewhere else and you eventually are just like end up like way into the web. This is what happened to me. So I was like, I'm, I'm very interested in like psychology and stuff like, you know, the inner workings of the mind and why we think about certain things. Why do we do things? Whatever. Like, even if it's like an outdated theory, I'm so in, like interested in it. Like, I'm reading this one book, um, this Freud book about dreams. And as much as people say that Freud was like a lunatic, which like, I'm not going to bore you with like all this talk. But like, yeah, he was a little bit outlandish, but like a little bit crazy. 
Um, but he did inspire a lot of people. So, you know, even if the ideas are a little bit out there, and granted it was like forever ago that Freud was alive and well. So, you know, even if it's an out there theory, if it inspires someone, it's worth it. So, okay, that was like unintentional little tangent there. But I was reading this article about self-perception theory, which I'm not going to bore you with like these scientific or like all of these school-related talk because, you know, we have enough of that in the classroom if you're in college still. But essentially, you know, first to give some credit, the guy who, you know, first developed this theory, his name is Daryl Bem. I have it pulled up on the Google to make sure that I, you know, I'm always, I'm big on giving the credits. And he develops this, um, it's like an attitude formation theory, and it was around like the 70s. So like not too dated, but like, you know, kind of groovy. <laughs> so I'm just going to read a little excerpt from that. And this is really what like spurred me to think about, you know, the whole what was I thinking thing. So it says self-perception theory says your attitudes are shaped by observing your own behavior, being able to pin- being unable to pinpoint the exact cause of your behavior and then trying to make sense of it anyway. You look back on a situation as if in an audience trying to understand your own motivations. You act as an observer of your own actions, a witness to your thoughts, and you form beliefs about yourself based on those observations that you make as if you're in an audience. So like not really in your own being, kind of like outside looking in type of thing. Carrying on. Sometimes your brain can't find a logical, moral, or socially acceptable explanation for your actions. It becomes very hard for our brains to accept this, so we manufacture a cause that isn't always entirely true. And I kind of paraphrase that, but, you know, I kind of, I think about that one episode of Spongebob where I'm, like, not a huge Spongebob person, but, like, obviously I grew up on it like every normal person in America um, and probably abroad as well. But I always think about that episode where... I forget like the exact parameters of the episode, but he's like looking for something within his mind that he can't find. And it's like, there's a million little SpongeBob's in his head and there's like a fire and it's like, he's looking through all the cabinets and he's trying to find this one piece of information and he can't remember it. Oh, is it his name or something? You know, I I think about that when I read this, I'm like, yeah, sometimes you live your life and you're looking back at certain things, you know, um, like, you know, living your life, looking back on your behavior, thinking about your behavior, and you can't pinpoint a cause. You know, it's it's almost like you're questioning. You're like, why am I like this? Like, why did I do this? Like, what about me made me do this? Because a lot of times, you know, humankind, we are very rooted in the idea that, like, everything needs to have a reason. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, that I constantly, like, I need to attribute a meaning to everything in the world. Like, everything that is said, everything that is done, I need to know why. And I'm the biggest Googler. Like, I'm constantly just Googling, like, why? Why is this? Why is that? Like, I need to know. I'm, like, definitely that kid that was, like, why? Why, why, why? You know, like, I would not shut up. And I need to know why. Like, why is the sky blue? Dad, tell me. And he was, like, uh, because it reflects off the water, which is not true, I've learned recently. So, Dad, you lied to me. Um, So, this, like, isn't entirely related to the whole concept of the what was I thinking epidemic. But... You know, self-perception theory, it's a pretty deep topic, but and it, and it can be looked at in so many different ways, and I'm sure people are going to be, like, the actual psych majors are going to be like, Katie, you're so wrong, you know, whatever, like, sue me, I, it's, it's on Google, so. Um, but, you know, bits and pieces of what I just read to you resonated with me, 
so deeply, you know, when I first read it a few days ago that I'm literally still thinking about it. I was thinking about it all day today and I felt like I needed to share it because, you know, especially the part where I said, I just read earlier, you look back on a situation as if in an audience trying to understand your own motivations. And it's pretty freaking true. Like I make decisions, okay, both good and bad, you know, rash and also like premeditated, like really thought out. Like I make willy-nilly decisions and I also make decisions that I've thought about for a while. And then, you know, constantly, no matter what it is, constantly years later, I sit here, you know, picking them apart, wondering why I did things, you know, like, duh, no, I'm inside my own brain. I made these choices, but why? Like, I don't know why. It makes me feel pretty confused. And, you know, since for some reason my brain is a little bit cloudy in the why category, um, you know, I, I decided to make up some reason that usually makes me look bad, you know, and I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to say that I'm, I'm human. Okay. In the sense that I feel stupid a lot. Like I look back on my decisions, you know, guys that I've dated, people I've been friends with, just even like the smallest of decisions, like my major, you know, and I'm like, wow, I'm like, why did I do that? I'm such an idiot. Like, why did I do that? And I beat myself up over it. You know, deep down, I'm, I'm pretty insecure. Like, and I use these insecurities as justification for my stupid choices. I'm like, ugh, I did this because I'm an idiot. You know, and, and through analyzing things like this so deeply, I begin to form some serious regrets. And, you know, regret is something, you know, regret, it's, it essentially slows you down in life, you know, really pining over people, regretting things and, you know, beating yourself up. It really does. It's, it doesn't help progress at all in your life, you know, but it's, it's just like a thing that's, it's unavoidable. You know, you're going to do things and you're going to regret them. And obviously, you know, I, I keep saying this, like I've said this to a few people via DM, like when one door closes, another door is bound to open you know, that's like a very cliche thing, but also like when one person leaves your life, it's because they're making room for someone else that's coming, you know, with a breakup, you know, when a guy decides he's done with you or whatever, you know, when one person leaves, it's because they're, you know, they're making way for the next person to come in and someone else is going to come eventually if you are open to it. And that's, that's something I wholeheartedly believe in. And I guess, okay, 18 minutes in, we're about halfway through the podcast, kind of, sort of, depending on how long I decide to dwell on this topic. I have a little story for you guys, and I feel like I'm a comfortable amount of minutes in that if uh, the guy is listening to this podcast, he probably stopped listening by now. So hopefully, I I mean, I'm still going to talk about it anyway, but in high school, I think I've actually touched on this in a video or two, like in subliminal, like little ways, Um, but I'm going to like launch into the actual story now because, you know, no regrets, podcast got to do it for the views, for the listens, sorry. Um, so this is my love letter story. <laughs> I've written one love letter in my life, hopefully not my last, because hopefully, you know, I love writing letters. I'm really big on writing thank you cards, letters to people I love, just like leaving little notes here and there. Like I was big on leaving my note, leaving notes for my roommates, you know. I love handwritten things, you know, written words, speak louder than a text message sometimes. And so when I was, I was a sophomore in high school, I was very hung up on this guy and I'm not going to name him because I'm just, I'm just not, (laughs) I'm not going to name him. Um, I fell really hard and he was one of my closest guy friends and it was like kind of tough because he was also put on my YouTube channel a lot. 
and it was like a very public thing that we are friends and like I was so nervous to cross that boundary but I like nonetheless I was like feeling ballsy I think this is around the time of like um I, I first started getting into what show was it that I was like oh pretty little liars and I was like feeling really romantic and I don't know I was going through like that classic high school mentality of like you know I'm going to college soon might as well just like do this because I'm gonna like jet off a million miles away to go to college and whatnot and which I ended up doing so I was like you know kind of the YOLO mentality which I hate saying that but the YOLO mentality so you know he was to be honest though he was pretty off and on with this other girl so like that was like extremely ballsy of me to be honest um and she's freaking gorgeous like has even glowed up since then which is just rude so yeah she's beautiful we're also kind of friends I would say we're friends I wouldn't say we're not friends but we're like that awkward we're like if I see her obviously I'm gonna like say hi and like but we're not gonna like hang out you know like that sort of friend um and I was like pretty lovesick over this guy like he was like the first guy that I I wouldn't say like I loved him but like you know when you see parts of a person that like they don't let anyone else see it's like a friend of yours that you see like every intimate part of them and like you see them very raw and it's not like they're trying to impress you. It's like their real life. Like you fall in love kind of with that person. And so I decided that, you know, I, I didn't know how to like really articulate my thoughts in person and I just felt like it'd be awkward and we were constantly around other people. So like it would just be weird. Like, hey, can I pull you aside and confess my love to you right now? You know? So I decided instead to write him a love letter. Um, and him and the, the other girl were on a break. So it like, wasn't like I was like breaching their relationship or anything, but Um, I wrote him this love letter and to be honest I don't I kind of wish that I like saved a copy of it but then also like I probably would regret it even more and like feel even more stupid over it but essentially I kind of was just like I I complimented him a lot to be honest I also was like I just think we mesh really well as you know as friends and I really just would like to see where this could go to be honest sophomore year Katie was like more mature than like sophomore year you know college Katie sophomore year high school Katie was like Software year high school Katie had balls, okay? Lady balls. So I wrote him this letter. I even had, okay, I this was like very, this is very, you know, out of a movie type thing. Like I had a friend of mine at the time deliver it, like a girlfriend of mine. I was like, I can't even like give this to him. I'm so like nervous about how he's going to react to it. And so I had a friend of mine deliver it to him. And it was actually great timing because it was like I wrote it. I went on vacation, so like I didn't have to think about it. And like at the time, I guess I like wasn't a huge like phone person. I like didn't really use my phone that much, which is absurd. I think that was probably around the time when like internet cost money. And like, is that is that weird for me to say? Is it like, I don't even know. I'm like really bad with like ages and times of my life within technology. But yeah. So okay, I wrote him this letter. I went on vacation, came back and or I guess maybe he waited till I got back to text me yeah you heard that right he texted me after I wrote this letter and essentially texted me and was like hey um very sweet letter love you a lot not like you know how you want me to love you um I hope this doesn't impact our friendship but I don't feel the same way or something like that it was like a very sweet reply it wasn't like he definitely didn't go around like telling people like, oh my God, Katie wrote me this in, like this crazy letter. You got to read it. He, he definitely was very mature about it, but didn't feel the same way. And guys, oh my God, 
I've never felt like even okay I failed my driver's test the first time like my my permit test like the written test I failed it and I felt pretty stupid then but I felt like extremely stupid after he texted me and was like yeah I don't feel the same way and I was like oh my god like I felt like I was punched and then like kicked again after that and like I I just felt so stupid and even now that I'm sitting here like way post after this experience like it's been over like seven oh my god guys it's been like Okay, I just totally did math wrong. It's been like five years, I think, if I'm calculating this correctly. About five years since I wrote this letter to this guy, who I'm still friends with, I will say. And he, we, we kind of were at the phase where we can like sort of joke about it, but I still get like a little bit nervous about it because I'm just like, oh, please don't bring it up. Please don't bring it up. And like I'm sitting here this many years later and I'm still feeling like why? Like what was I thinking? Why did I think that this was going to go like, like, yeah, I put myself out there, which is so beautiful and amazing. And I'm like proud of myself. But also at the same time, I'm like, why didn't I just like feel it out? Like we had been friends for like not that long. Like now we've been friends for a while. But at that point, like it was like a fresh sort of friendship, kind of like less than a year. Like, why did I think that was like something that I could do? I don't know. And like, this is me you know, ridiculing myself. Like, obviously, if one of you guys was like, I'm going to write a letter to my crush, I'd be like, yes, you go. Do it. Like, YOLO. I just said YOLO again. I hate myself. Stop saying YOLO, Katie. Stop it. Um, But, you know, it's because you can't, like, and you guys can sit there and be like, Katie, like, that's so cool that you did that. Whatever. Like, a million people could tell me that and can, like, congratulate me on having the balls to do that. But I'm still going to sit here and think, oh, why? Why did I think that was okay? Like, what what possessed me to think that? You know, I blame <laughs> I blame all the movies. Um, you know, I bet I, I felt like extremely stung. Like, I think that's the right word to put there. Like, stung in the moment. Like, and even years later, I, I it makes my stomach like flip with embarrassment. And okay, so yeah, that that's a story that I felt like should be told on here. Um, and it's interesting because he still has the letter and he keeps being like, oh, do you want to see it? And I'm just like, no, I don't want to see it. Like, I just want you to burn it. But he's like, Katie, I'm never going to burn it. Like, I really do appreciate that you did that. And like, yeah, I don't see any romantic anything for us now or in the future. I mean, I'm not going to write off anything for the future, but like, yeah, (laughs) I wrote him a love letter. Yup. Before uh, before that one movie that I just watched recently, um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Yeah, I did it before that. Well, unless that book was written six years ago. But anyway, I actually sent it. So yeah. Um, I, but okay, so segueing. I have this picture that I pulled up and put on my desktop because I wanted to mention it after this story, after I just uh, put myself out there like that. And then I bring up this cute little quote that I found on Tumblr. Um And it says, never regret anything because at one point it was exactly what you wanted. And I can apply that to so many things in my life. So many things that I look back on now and I'm just like, why? You know, you could put it into a situation as small as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, going out, drinking too much, being hungover, regretting going out last night or whatever. And then you know what? You can't regret that because at one point, aka last night at 2 a.m., you know, that last shot of tequila was exactly what you wanted, so you can't regret it. You know, you can learn from things, certainly, but 
regrets are a waste of time. And, you know, I, <laughs> you know, it's easier said than done. And as, as I will mention a lot of times on my social media presence, you know, a lot of times I say things that I truly do believe in, but when it comes to applying it to my own life, it is difficult. But I hope you all know that like the things I do say, like I really do try to follow my own advice and this being one of the biggest things. And I can guarantee it, it's always like this. Whenever I talk about something like this on online, you know, it, it, come, it applies itself in some way, shape or form like in the coming days. Like I'm sure this weekend something will happen where I'm going to have to remind myself, hey Katie, never regret anything because at one point it was exactly what you wanted. You know, I regret this writing that love letter because I feel stupid because I was rejected and it it feels kind of stupid. But you know what? At one point in time, like I was sitting around not knowing how to express myself, really wanted to get my thoughts down on paper and put myself out there and send it to this guy in hopes that he felt the same way. You know, to be honest, I was a little bit self-assured that he, I was like, oh, I can so see the chemistry. Like he so feels this way about me too. So that's why it did kind of feel like a slap when it wasn't reciprocated because I really was confident in it. Like I didn't even like, it didn't even cross my mind that he couldn't maybe not feel the same way, but yeah. So I do stand by that. And going back to the whole like self-perception theory nonsense I was talking about earlier, you know, that one sentence that really stuck out to me, you know, sometimes I'm going to like scroll back up to make sure I say it right. But, um, you know, you look back on a situation as if, an audience member, you know, looking at your life outside and trying to understand your own motivations, especially when it happened like so long ago, like this situation with the love letter, like I look back on it and I'm just trying to like understand why I did that. And it's hard for me to pinpoint it because like, to be quite honest, this guy didn't really show any signs, you know, to provoke me to like write this love letter. Like maybe he was like, you know, a good friend and sometimes you can, you know, what's it called misinterpret friendship for like something more and like it's a classic case of like you falling in love with your best friend but like it's still it's still a little hazy why I did it and so sometimes you know when I forget how I was feeling when I forget that you know it really did take a lot off my chest to write that letter like it ultimately it made me feel like when I went on vacation after that I was so you know confident that like you know I felt so good about it before the ultimate, you know, rejection. But, you know, I sometimes looking back, you kind of, you forget the, that initial phase. You look at it like an audience member not quite knowing what was going on in your head and you're like, wow, that girl is stupid. Like, what? She thought that she could do that? Like, but, you know, but I forget how I was feeling because I, you know, I forget that there was an internal part of me that really thought that, you know, it was just the right thing to do. And that always leads me back to that quote, you know, I'm going to say it one more time, last time, third time, never regret anything you do or say or write because at one point it was exactly what you wanted. It was exactly what you wanted to say, exactly what you wanted to get off your chest and you can't regret anything that, you know, you, you really wanted at one point in time because, you know, so what if maybe five years later it's not what I wanted. Now I'm looking at myself thinking like, why? Because at that point in time, like it was something that I wanted to do. You know, like buying that atrocious pair of Croc shoes. Like that was something that I really wanted to do. So you can't regret that. You can't regret, you know, that past relationship. Because although, yeah, it might have been toxic or it might have ended in a lot of pain, 
But at one point, it was something that you really wanted, you know? And, okay, to be fair, though, you can't think about this, you know, in every element of your life because there are going to be things that are very glaring, you know, things that you're like, okay, Katie, maybe I shouldn't do this. You know, maybe I shouldn't jump off a bridge or something, you know, because it could end up badly. Like, you still have to have a sense of judgment when, like, things are right and wrong. But, you know, kind of use this as a little bit of a motivation to take some risks in your life. You know, maybe not jumping off bridge risks, but, like, smaller risks. Because, you know, if it's something that you are really feeling, you know, I always hear this quote. It's like, if you can't go without... You can't go one day without thinking about something like you should probably go for it because, you know, you should probably pull the trigger on that because if not, you're always going to wonder what if, you know. So, you know, if anything, we got to applaud ourselves for having the guts to make some of the choices that we now kind of regret because, you know, fortune favors the bold. My dad said that to me on FaceTime the other day. I don't remember if I actually worked that into a previous podcast podcast episode, sorry. Um, but, you know, life, life is... It's a domino effect. Everything that you do, no matter how stupid it might seem to you now, everything you did and are going to do, you know, affects all of the choices and all of the things that happen in your life thereafter. You know, every little risk. People always ask me, um, you know, like how I got my job and like, you know, I work at L'Oreal, which all of my... uh, All the things I say in this podcast and online are my own opinions, not L'Oreal's opinions. I do want to say that. It is important for everyone to know that because I am separate from L'Oreal, although I do work for them and I love them as a company. Um, But, you know, essentially something that helped, not didn't get my, didn't get me my job, sorry, because I did definitely do a lot to earn the job and I work hard and I, I deserve this job. Okay. I'm never going to say that I don't, that I schmoozed my way or anything because I didn't. But at one point in time, my sophomore year of high school, of college, sorry, um, you know, I received some really great product from this girl named Callan who worked at L'Oreal and I wrote her a letter back and I said, hey Callan, thank you so much for everything you sent. Like I really do appreciate it. As I mentioned, I like writing letters. Guys, if you're going to learn one thing from this podcast, it's to write letters. Um, I wrote her a letter back, you know, thanking her for the stuff because I genuinely, it was like such a a thoughtful thing because it wasn't like I was working with L'Oreal at the time. Like I wasn't sponsored by them at the time. It was just like out of the blue. She ran and, you know, saw my blog or something and sent me this product. And she said, she sent actually enough for my sorority sisters at the time because I was living in the sorority house. So I, you know, naturally everything I have is everyone else's too. It's like communal, you know, even if it's not, it like is. And so she sent me all this like very thoughtful product and wrote me this really thoughtful note as well. And so I wrote her one back. And so my, you know, I essentially got a job working for her post-grad, which is amazing because I'm obsessed with her. She's actually no longer my boss now because she is pursuing, a, you know, an awesome opportunity in Australia. But, you know, upon her leaving, she mentioned that a big thing, you know, she never forgot that letter that I wrote her thanking her. You know, because a lot of times in life, you know, especially working in this industry with influencers and stuff, it's like, you know, oh, like I'm going to get all this product and like post about it, but I'm not going to like, you know, reach out and say, hey, thank you so much. You know, some people certainly do, but like not everyone, I can tell you that. So, you know, it's little things like that. It's a domino effect. And like, that was a risk. You know, I wrote her that letter, not thinking, or not like a risk per se, but like I didn't think it would, you know, get me anywhere. And I'm not saying it got me the job by any means, but it definitely 
you know, reminded her, like, I'm sure she thought about it again, you know, throughout my interview process or something. And it kind of was like, oh, you know, this girl, this girl writes letters. <laughs> she should work for L'Oreal. But yeah, so that's like, that's not the whole story of how I got my job or anything. But, you know, guys, life, it, it's a domino effect. So, you know, the choices you make today affect tomorrow, no matter, you know, how you think it will or won't. You know, ultimately, all these choices propel you into being the person that, that you are and you will become someday. And I saw um, this other quote, Arnold Bennett says, your own mind is a sacred enclosure into which nothing harmful can enter except by your permission. That's like old English for like, unless you give it permission. You know, it's true. Like all the negative thoughts that you throw at yourself every day, all the regrets that you have, everything that you think has failed in your life and that you dwell on endlessly, you know, all the judgments that you form about yourself, the regrets, the self-loathing, lo- loathing. I, I cannot say loathing. Loathing. You know, they cannot enter your mind without your permission. You are the gatekeeper, you know, and whenever I think of gatekeeper, I think of, like, <laughs> the grumpy old troll under the bridge in Dora the Explorer. Like, I, I babysit too much, or babysat, past tense. I don't babysit in New York, but I babysat way too much, and I distinctly recall in Dora the Explorer that, like, the grumpy old troll that lives under the bridge you know, you, you are that troll. <laughs> you're not a troll, but you know what I mean. You're, you're the gatekeeper of everything that enters your mind. You know, if you, if you want to be strong, stop manufacturing things in your mind that make you feel weak. Because, you know, everything that you do in this life gets you to be where you will eventually be, which is going to be happy. You know, everything will be all right in the end. If it's not all right, it's not the end. And I forget who says that. Someone really cool too. But I did not I did not make up that quote. But I, I constantly am like reading that back to myself in my mind. I feel like my mind just like I just, you know, grab onto quotes and I just recite them all the time. Like I'm that friend that's like <laughs> trying to give you advice and just accidentally quotes some like scholar and is like, oh yeah, I totally came up with that. Anyway, so yeah, that's those are my two cents on the whole like what was I thinking epidemic, which is something I've been talking about or thinking about, sorry, thinking about a lot lately. And a lot of you guys seem you know, to need to hear this, like, you guys need to hear this, a lot of you, you know, whether you'll admit it or not, like, every mistake that you make at one point in time, it was something that you really wanted, so don't regret it. Okay, wow, we are 38 minutes in, um, I feel like this is the time that I should maybe answer a question from you guys. I really wanted to, like, do this, and I haven't yet, this is my third episode, though, so I feel like I can, like, start a precedent of, like, answering questions, so in the next, like, five or so minutes because I do want to keep this you know relatively short obviously or 45 minutes is kind of like my cutoff I'm going to answer some of your questions a little bit rapid fire okay so I'm going to go through I asked you guys via Instagram follow me on Instagram if you haven't already it's hello katie k-a-t-y-x-o that is my Instagram handle and I'm constantly asking you guys for feedback and for you know questions that I should answer um Okay, so this girl named Mallory asks, how do you feel good and stay confident in a world that is consumed with how we look? Okay, so I'm going to definitely do like a whole podcast on body image and everything surrounding that because it's a huge concept, huge, you know, nut to crack in that sense. But in a short answer, like, okay, guys, I'll be real with you, real with you, sorry. You know, I was talking, you know, last night at dinner with one of my friends about this 
Like, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not looking at myself in some mirror or just, you know, catching a glimpse of myself in, you know, a, a building nearby. You know, the thing about New York is a lot of things are reflective around here. So I'm constantly catching, like, little side glances of myself and, you know, feeling a little bit, I, I wouldn't say maybe not disgusted because, you know, I do whatever. I feel a little disappointed in how I look every day. Not a day goes by that I don't think at one point during the day, whether it be right when I wake up and I'm like have these bags under my eyes or like, you know, there's never a point, never, never a day that goes by that I don't think about myself, my body in maybe a less than glamorous way. And, you know, no matter how much I will, you know, preach body positivity, like I am such a big believer in feeling confident and comfortable in your own skin, believe me, but you know, there's times where, you know, all of the things that I say, it's it's not enough, you know, for me. I still feel, you know, there's a little fleeting thought that crosses through my mind, even if it's for like half a second that I'm unhappy with how I look. And you know what? There's, I can't speak for everyone because I don't know, but obviously, like, for a lot of people, that's going to be something that'll happen to you forever. No matter how, like, loving of a spouse you have or people that are constantly telling you on social media how great you look, like, you're going to constantly kind of think about one aspect of your appearance, whether it be something you can fix, something you can't, you know, either the weight or, like, the lack of weight, the lack of butt. Like, there's always something that you're going to pinpoint and, you know, pick at about yourself. And the big thing to combat that that I've found is just having your positive thoughts, whether it be about your body or about anything else outweigh the negatives you know maybe you think about that thing that you don't like about yourself for a minute during the day make sure that the rest of your day is spent with you amplifying your strengths you know really thinking about you know like okay yeah I don't love my thighs you know okay that's something that's really insecure that I'm really insecure about is my thighs and my cellulite and the fact that I don't feel comfortable like wearing shorts a lot of the time because of my thighs like it's a big insecurity I've talked about it before online like it's huge a huge insecurity I hate wearing jeans because it amplifies or emphasizes my thighs you know like I can dwell on that and I do I let myself think about it for like a minute and then I realize you know okay that sucks but also look at me like I have a great job that I love I get to do this and impact people and that's awesome I have great friends I have fun and ultimately these legs you know, propel me up mountains. Like I have been to the top of Mount, what's it called? Oh my God. Wait, what's that mountain called? In Pompeii? Oh my God. This is embarrassing. I, is it Kilimanjaro? No, that's like a big mountain. Mount Olympus? No. What's that mountain? at the? Okay, this is really going to bother me. I need to look this up. Mountain in Pompeii. Mount Vesuvius. Ugh, guys. Everyone who's, like, passionate about mountains is going to be like, Katie, what the heck? Okay, I've been to the top of Mount Vesuvius. These legs have gotten me there. Like, yeah, they have cellulite. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable in many pairs of pants. But my legs have the power to propel me up mountains. So, like, all those little negative thoughts I have, like, just suck on that, Katie. (laughs) You know? So make sure your positive thoughts outweigh the negatives. And that's, like, the best way I can say it because like I am insecure so I don't have any like surefire way to combat it you know but that's that's the best thing I can come up with to be honest um and just know that everyone's insecure about something even those people that are like the the big body positive influencers on Instagram you know they they have insecurities too 
no one is completely satisfied with how they look. No one. Literally no one. Okay. So that's to answer that. I guess I'll answer one more. It's already kind of 45-ish, but you know what? I love you guys. And if you're still listening, you're a true homie. So, okay. I'm going to answer this other question from Ella. How to feel confident being so young in a professional environment? Okay. So yeah, I'm in a very, very professional environment, L'Oreal. I mean, we are like business casual in terms of like dressing, but it's like, it's a very, you know, aggressive atmosphere in the sense that like there's deadlines and like you need to be on it all the time. Like you can't come in hungover, you know, you got to like be on all the time. And I guess the big thing that has taken me some time to get used to is the fact that, you know, especially when people are like, you know, rattling off these huge terms and like these crazy like things that like clearly take a lot of experience to learn and I feel like a little bit like I I don't know what these words mean I don't know what these acronyms mean you know you gotta know that like even the people that are like in the most senior positions at times don't know what they're doing like they're kind of winging it and I've I've learned I was talking to my, my previous boss and she was even saying she's like you know what like I'm even winging it still and I've been doing this for x years like it's there's never a time where you're not going to be winging it like yes there'll be a time where you know more than you do when you start but I feel like granted I don't really know because I did just start and I haven't you know been in a career for like that many years like you know a very big professional career besides YouTube um you know but there's I feel like to a certain extent you're always learning you're always kind of there's always something new that comes out that you feel kind of stupid about You know, like think about like the most talented journalists in the world, like the most seasoned journalists, you know, when technology, like when Instagram became a thing, they were probably like, oh shit, like I don't know how to do that. You know, like I know how, I know MLA or maybe not LA, I know like um, how to bury a lead or whatever, whatever those journalism terms are, but I don't know how to use Instagram. It's like you're constantly learning, you're constantly feeling a little bit stupid here and there, you know, and you just got to be comfortable with that and like it makes me feel better at this stage in my career, you know, knowing that like I'm not the only one who's constantly learning and constantly feeling like they're winging it a little bit. So I'm just getting comfortable with winging it. And that's, that's it. That's, that's my biggest tidbit of advice. So yeah. Okay, guys, that is it for my third podcast episode. I have no idea what I'm going to call this one. I literally have no clue, but guys, thanks for sticking around if you're still here at the end. Can't wait to make my next podcast episode for you guys next week. As always, let me know what you guys think via Twitter. My handle is HelloKatie or via Instagram. My handle is HelloKatieXO. Yep. And that's it. So I'll talk to you guys all in the next one. Bye. Bye.